the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome to the Pro-America Movement. Pro-America Report. It's Ed Martin. It was it used to be a movement. Now it's the Pro-America Report. Thank you for coming in. If you're watching on Periscope, appreciate it very much. Pass it on to your friends. Again, it's uh, very cool. We were just previewing for our listeners on Periscope. I was previewing that tomorrow we will be talking with Sidney Powell. Uh, Sidney Powell, the great lawyer for General Flynn, who has been such a fighter uh, for conservative causes. She'll be on the program tomorrow. But great to be with you. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, if you want to get an update every morning, jump over to edmartinlive.com, edmartinlive.com, and sign up there for a daily email. It goes out at 5 a.m., Pacific time. People get that thing right in their inbox every weekday. It gives you what you need to know. It gives you some uh, stories that I've identified, gives you some talking points if you're fighting back. So tune in, go to edmartinlive.com and uh, check that out. You can, there's a, bo- a box, a box to fill in. I promise I never sell your email addresses. I don't even trade them. I use them just to send you that email. It's important to get the word out and uh, feel free to go there. All right. Today on the program, I mentioned we got a couple great guests. David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz will be on. He's got a new piece out and so Selena Zito, we'll give her some grief on this one. Selena Zito was uh, down in Middleton, Maryland, doing a story, and she, um, she, well, it's about ice cream. Uh, it's not really about ice cream. It's about a dairy farm and a business there. But in the middle of it, she says they have great ice cream. I checked it out. I've got a, a, my sister and brother-in-law lived in that town. They said it's great ice cream. So we'll talk with Selena Zito, the great Selena Zito, in just a few minutes. And I mentioned we'll get to what happened to Kim Jong-un. There's a problem over there. He's disappeared or he's not been sighted. We'll see why. And, oh, yeah, someone just mentioned we got a different camera angle on Periscope. If you're tuned in there, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, I turned the tripod around we'll see if it works a little better it was easier to reach uh, as we were doing this all right what do you need to know well i hope yesterday you got uh, an earful of me on what's been happening with our pris- our political prisoners and i feel very strongly that general flynn and roger stone have been ill-treated and i hope the president gets around to pardoning them not waiting i don't think this is something that can wait i hope he does it right away we'll see we'll see what happens but uh what you need to know right now it's time to begin understanding how we're going to reopen America. We have had to batten down our hatches. We've had to pull in and protect ourselves and our families. And we did that. We did it really well. Look, I think we did it as well as we could be asked. I think we were very, very lucky and blessed that we had a Republican president who could say to Republicans, hey, we got to do this. I, I don't know what I would have done if Hillary Clinton said, trust me. I just wouldn't have trusted her. So I trusted President Trump. And it's hard. And now we're seeing the numbers are up over 40,000 people have died from complications, whether it's from the coronavirus or whatever you want to say it. I know some people like to fight about that. But the fact is, it's a serious illness. It's a serious virus. It's killing a lot of people. And so but we have to get back to work. And so here's what I want to put out there for you. And I put this up on, uh, on, on Periscope. I'll put it up on social media, too. 
The question is, what's essential services? You know, when we first started this, everyone said you got to quarantine and, and, and hold in, in place. And, and you said, well, only go to work for essential services. And people thought, well, if you're a doctor, you got to go to work. If you're, a nurse, if you're a policeman, we need you to protect us. Those are essential services. Here's what we have to do now. We have to understand that it's essential that we get back to work. It's essential that we get back towards normal. And we're now all willing, I think, to take some of the risk that has to do with going back to work. We just need to do that. We can't stay in a crouch at home forever. And so what is essential services? And, you know, I th- my point to, to, to start to talk about is how do you expand the definition of essential services, right? How, what is it that we need to have? We have to have people go back. I'm, I'm only half kidding when I say people need to be able to go get a haircut. People need to be able to go to the doctor for regular uh, elective surgery or for checkups. And on Sunday, one of the things President Trump said was hospitals have to go back to doing elective uh, uh, elective surgery, elective procedures. And so they're doing that. And my point here is that we have to expand the definition of, uh, uh, of essential services and start to think about how they're essential to be together. Now, there's a couple of categories, ways to look at this. And I kind of been been thinking about this because we have to help our leaders, whether governors or the president, to, to be part of this process. One is by uh, describing who the people are, right? Who we are. If you're under the age of 60, uh, you should be stronger. Therefore, you have less risk. Therefore, you can consider going back. If you have diabetes or a chronic uh, condition that has comorbidities, you probably should hold back, right? So one of the definitions is around the people that we are who we are in our neighborhood, in our community, and saying, hey, let's be careful. Now, I had to go to Costco uh, with my wife to get some food. You know, we went, we haven't gone to the store very much at all. We went and loaded up on a bunch of stuff. I mean, we got four kids under the age of 16, and they're eating everything under the sun. And so, but there it was, lots of people, right? Lots of different people. Everybody had masks on. So we're going to have to do the things. So back to my point, there's categories of people that are going to have to hold back, right? We're going to have to do that. And there's going to be categories of people that don't, that go out into the workforce. But there's also ways we think about what's worth the risk. And I don't think right now many people are going to say, hey, let's go to the ball game. I think that's later on in the summer. But I do think people are going to say, I'd like to be at church. I wouldn't like to debate that anymore. That's an essential service. I would like to go to some of the community places that I've been before, like even the gym. And it's not essential in the sense that you have to have it, but it's essential that we kept keep moving forward. And, and even... Our restaurants, and now that the weather's turning nicer, there'll be places that can have outdoor restaurants. And we, and here's the key part of this, we have to come up with an understanding of what the risks will be. All over the world, you're seeing places, even Singapore has had a rise in sickness. We're going to have people getting sick. That is going to happen. When we do more, when we move our economy open, we're going to have more sickness, but it's going to be the kind that we can control and we've learned how to do it. And we have all the, the equipment we need, not just ventilators, but also the other equipment so that people can be careful. And that's a good point. Someone said, trust God. That's a good point. We've got to get back to not being afraid. You know, in about a month, it will be the anniversary of John Paul II, someone I, I, I like very much. John Paul II, I admire his life, his, his life in ministry. And one of the things he spoke a lot about often was the notion of being afraid. 
and how Christ challenges us to not be afraid. Well, we have to not be afraid. We have to be willing to take the risk, balance the risk, balance the risks, be smart, and get back to work. And I, I, I believe that the um, that this time period, when we look back on it, will be noteworthy for the number of times and the number of instances that we, the people, lead our leaders. That we, the people, demand that things change. Here's another demand. Congress needs to get back to work. The U.S. Senate needs to get back to work. They need to start confirming judges and confirming the president's pick. The people that work in government, you can still be distancing, you can still be doing things that are careful, but the people that, are wor- uh, that work in government need to get back to work, especially in Congress. And frankly, and the people in Congress, part of their job is to take a little bit more risk. They have a lot more benefit, by the way. They have job security, they have pension security, they have all these things. And so that's another example of how essential services, we need to think a little bit more broadly. And then, yeah, I see that. Thank you, uh, uh, Fern says, the UK, par- the UK Parliament is back in session. I mean, we got to get back in session. The Supreme Court can hear cases. The courts can hear cases. I will tell you, I don't have time on this, uh, on this uh, wink to tell you what you need to know on this, but I will tell you that one of the problems in this country is our legal system has, been, has become so procedurally slow that it's absolutely designed to destroy people and enrich the lawyers. So you think of Flynn, destroy the family, take their money, enrich the lawyers, uh, Roger Stone. But instances of normal citizens, I've been involved in them too, where litigation goes on for ages and it's designed to milk the people, milk the system and enrich the lawyers and judges. It's got to stop. So we need to get our court system back in. We need to get our our uh, our prosecutors back prosecuting. We need to get our, our, our Congress back in session. We need to move ourselves and we the people. What you need to know here is we the people... Uh, need to be the ones that help describe what's happening and our willingness to take the risk. In other words, not to be afraid because we're at the point where the cure becomes worse than the disease. I, I did. I have not been one of the people that said the whole thing shouldn't have happened. We should. I think we've done everything that we've been encouraged to do. Whether it was all right or all wrong, it's a different question. But we've done it because we want, we had a vision of how we could make this work out well. And we've done that. And now we've done our part. And here's what we need to know. We need to go forward now, though, and understand we can't live like this. We're willing to take more risk. We did our part and take more risk together. Smart and not silly, but smart. All right. We got to take a break, though. We come back. If you're listening on the radio, you're going to be able to hear David Horowitz, Selena Zito, and a lot more. If you're on Periscope, I'll wrap things up in a minute. But we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And we have had a uh, great run in the last month or two uh, of talking to great folks and getting them on a couple times. And one of the guys I'm happy to get back on uh, the program is uh, David Horowitz. And, and of course, uh, David is um, well known for his Freedom Center. And fr- I was just looking at frontpagemag.com, uh, which is where you can go uh, and see a lot what's going on. And he is the uh, best-selling author of Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America. And again, frontpagemag.com. Uh, David, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm pretty good. 
So I was I was pointed to your column, uh, and I know that you had something on FrontPageMag.com as well as over on Breitbart a couple times uh, about uh, what the Democrats are doing in terms of the uh, virus and all. But off the air, we were just talking about Democrat uh, U.S. Senator Chris Murphy, who's been one of the guys who's been loudest. He's he's trying out, I think, for the uh, Adam Schiff position in the Senate is complaining and, and partisan. But, you know, David, walk me again. You, you're David Horowitz, you've seen the left and the communists do this for 50 years. Is it worse well, never, than it's ever been? Never, is, uh, it, it, go ahead. It's the worst because they run the Democratic Party now. And Chris Murphy is a good example. Um, China had nothing to do with the virus. World Health Organization, uh, which is an agent of China, has nothing to do with the virus, even though they're directly responsible for the fact that it's a global uh, pandemic they, because they concealed that it was contagious. Long, and and uh, Chinese communist dictatorship let five million uh, people from Wuhan leave the city to celebrate the Lunar New Year and then let millions of Chinese leave the country to go all over the world celebrating the Lunar New Year when they knew that it was a contagious virus and they infected the world. That's biological warfare. We're in two wars. One war is with the virus, which is an invisible war. It affects all Americans. And people pay a lot of lip service, uh, although Trump, Trump actually has acted on this. He's been very bipartisan. He's given credit to people who like, um, you know, Gavin Newsom, Cuomo, and Jay Inslee, mm. who've called him a racist. Right. Um, right. But the Democrats, while Trump is leading the country fighting the virus, the Democrats are trying to get rid of Trump. They, they have they've declared war on Trump. Um, and that that's treason. Nobody wants to use that word. You know, we haven't tried anybody for treason since the last one we tried was Tokyo Rose, believe it or not. Um, huh. Not the Rosenbergs, not Ultra James. Not, not, uh, hmm. and, and I think there's a, a good portion of the country that votes Democratic that's lost all sense of loyalty uh, to this mm-hmm. country. And uh, when I, I, my article was called the, what is the Twisted Attitude of the Democrats to the Virus. Nancy Pelosi will say anything. Trump gets an F for fighting the virus. An F. Not even a D minus. In other words, <laughs> there's, there's nothing that he's done that she will give him credit for because she hates him so much. And this hatred is it's corroded. It's destroyed whatever conscience the Democratic Party had. I mean, they lie every time they open their mouths, and the lies are so ridiculous that they're totally transparent. Uh, You know, Trump Trump did nothing to stop the virus. Well, actually, he was the first to then travel from China when there was only one death in the the United States. So he did do something. And at that time, uh, actually a month later, Pelosi and de Blasio were urging people to go to Chinatown to celebrate the Chinese New Year. You can't make this stuff up. 
No, and we're talking with David Horowitz, and and of course, as I mentioned, you go to frontpagemag.com where you'll see all David's writings and and uh, follow things, and and uh, but also uh, a couple of his pieces were over at Breitbart. And uh, to say again, he's the best-selling author of uh, the book Dark Agenda: The War to Destroy Christian America, which you can check out uh, and available everywhere you get books. Um, David, uh, I want to ask you though about the media. I, I I did this the last time. I think it was three or four weeks ago. I had you on, but the media, you know, I mean at this point the media's uh, it's they're not even like uh unwitting dupes in this they're totally in on it and they're just pounding away on the president and 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 you know trying to destroy the country they're part of the traitor class i really think people need to start using these these terms they why do democrats lie so blatantly so that nobody could believe it when Nancy Pelosi opens her mouth, the lie is so transparent. Uh, you know, it's impossible for anybody to why, why would she do that? Because nobody's going to call her to their account in the media. And uh, unfortunately, the left controls the you know, biggest part of the media, the networks, major newspapers. I mean, the New York Times did an interview with... Uh, Larry David, who's not a stupid person, but he said right. that, uh, the stupidest thing you could imagine. He said uh, that all the monster dictators, the worst dictators in history, and he named Stalin right. as one of them, but it's called Stalin, Hitler. They have at least one redeeming quality. Trump is the only monster dictator <laughs> who, who has <laughs> no redeeming qualities. You know, right. I can laugh. That, that is so stupid. I mean, Trump, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're listeners are aware of Alice Johnson, an African-American yeah. woman who, for a, 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 a drug charge, no, no violence involves just, a, you know, carrying drugs, um, made a, you know, really bad mistake. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Murderers don't get four or five years. Uh, right. you know, anybody, I think everybody watches those crime shows on television. You see, they get off with the most heinous murders. This woman was a 63-year-old grandmother. She served 21 years of her sentence, and Trump got her out. Obama, she appealed to Obama for eight years, he let her run in jail. Now, if that isn't a redeeming quality, no matter what the <laughs> politics are of Trump, I don't know what it is. He's also the yeah, only we're talking with in the history of the country who's given his salary back to the people. He gave right. this year, he gets 400000 a year. The first quarter, he got 100000 He donated to the fight against the coronavirus. Obama right. and Clinton made themselves multi-millionaires out of their public office. So well, and you know, uh, Trump, you know, one of the things about David, we're talking about David Horowitz, and again, uh, and his uh, he's the best-selling author of Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America, and he's got a book coming out uh, about uh, six or eight weeks called Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. We'll have him on again to talk about that. And, and uh, But um, David, one of the things you're so good at is recognizing the power of language, and you know whether it's in your books you've written or, or in your description right now, and using the words, not being afraid to use the words like traitor and treasonous. And uh, what about Biden? 
Say that, that again? No, Republic, the Democratic Party is a racist party. You know, it's, it's, they're always attacking white people. They're always categorizing everything by race. They have this identity politics where what's important is the, is the group you belong to. Not, nothing you did as an individual. That's racism. They control every right. inner city of size in America and have 100% they control, including St. Louis. And they have for right. 50 to 100 years. Why do you think the virus kills more than eight of the top nine states in the number of cases and deaths are run by Democrats? You think their open borders, sanctuary city policies might have something to do with that? <laughs> See, it, 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 it seems likely. Republicans yep, don't want to their enemies. Big problem. Yeah. Yep. All right, David Horowitz, I got to let you go. I got to run out of time. David Horowitz, frontpagemag.com. I'll put it up on social media. This, the one I'm looking at is called The Worse, The Better, The, P- the Left's Poison Pill. David Horowitz's writings are all over the place. Of course, he's the best-selling author of Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America, and go visit www.frontpagemag.com. We'll talk again soon, David. Thanks for the time, and we will take a quick right, break David. and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Selena Zito is with us, and she's finally come all the way around. It took her, I don't know how many years, decades, I guess, to get here, but she's writing about ice cream and uh, probably sampling, probably breaking all the rules of uh, whatever is supposed to happen by getting free samples because the column that was up at the Washington Examiner uh, from a couple days ago is about her journey down to Middletown, Maryland, which is, I guess, I'm doing the math because it turns out, Selena, in my little town, which is Great Falls in Virginia. Uh, we have a creamery there, and they have the Middletown. They have your guys' uh, ice cream. So it's about an hour and a half from D.C. Would that be safe to say? Um, yeah, I guess so. It was about four hours from Pittsburgh um, using the back yeah. roads. Um, it's called the South Mountain Creamery, and they make incredible ice cream. They also have you know fresh milk, um, 1%, 2%, whole chocolate, um, yogurts, uh, cheeses, uh, and cottage cheese, um, you know, sour cream, you know, everything you would expect from a dairy. And uh, for the past, oh, about 19 years, they have been doing a delivery system and had, you know, a few hundred customers. And they delivered, like uh, some of us when we were younger, received uh, um, every uh, couple mornings in our at our front door, which was, you know, the milkman, right? Only they did, right. it, they did it and with all their dairy products as well as with fresh eggs. And when the coronavirus hit... His, their demand went from, you know, a couple hundred uh, locally to a thousand one week and then an additional 1,500 the following week and then another 2,000 the week after that. So they have, they're one of the few businesses that, first of all, have had to hire people not only for production, uh, but also to uh, facilitate the needs of the customers, which they were like, can we get fresh meat? Can we get fresh produce? So that's then hmm. made other farmers uh, around uh, the area be able to 
work collaboratively with them and um, be part of the delivery system. And um, so they're now delivering meats and um, fresh vegetables and herbs and uh, root vegetables and and things like that. So um, it literally is, I think, possibly changing our food delivery system in this country where rather than getting, you know, processed you know, chicken or beef or whatever from mm-hmm. the grocery store that's made from a place far away, uh, we literally are capable of getting it delivered from a farm to our home. Yeah. Farm to Well, and we're talking with... Sol- yeah, yeah. I, I, we're talking with Selena Zito, by the way. SelenaZito.com. Go there and sign up for her emails. She's uh, she's on. She's a CNN contributor, Washington Examiner, and New York Post is where you'll see her. But she had a piece a few weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal also on uh, her hometown of Pittsburgh and some of the scientists there that are working kind of in the in the same, uh, helping fight the coronavirus perhaps on the vaccine front. But back to this Middletown story. I agree with you on this. We're sort of seeing, and the, and the piece, which I'll put up on social media, which is Washington Examiner piece by Selena Zito, you know, that's kind of what you say in there, which is we're a whole bunch of stuff is being shattered, right? Like the restaurants yeah. are shuttered. Therefore, how are we going to go back to our restaurants and what's going to happen if it takes five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks more? You know, I, I think everybody agrees a whole bunch of businesses in my little neck of the woods in Virginia, one in the downtown, little downtown area. There was a new restaurant called Bites, which made like sandwiches and grilled cheese and all. It's shuttered. You know, it's done. They had only opened two months, three months before this. So but this is interesting. Yeah idea of delivery the idea of milk um is the middletown maryland can they go uh, uh to scale like i i know you're you're in in the um in the article you were talking to the owner i think it's second generation uh mr brusco do they are they kind of able to ramp up yeah they are they um if you look at if you read the story you can see the photo of the multitude of now um, milk trucks that they have yeah. um, uh, procured, as well as the, you know, hiring people. Um, so, you know, while other things are collapsing, I mean, I, I think this is going to blow up um, our economy in good and not good ways. This is one of the good ways. Not only is it changing farmers' ability to literally come to your front door, um it's also creating new jobs, but it's also giving us fresh food, right? From and this is a localism to the you know a ninth degree, right? This is the best way to um, to uh, as nutritionists often say, the best food you can get for yourself is within three counties around you. So you know this is a great way to um, have a healthier living and a healthier diet as well. Is the um, now we're talking with Selena Zito, and of course the other thing that Selena's really known for these last couple of years, in the paperback version of her book came out last fall. It's called "The Great Revolt: Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics." Selena, how's the how's this coronavirus like changed the the you know everything's screeched to a halt, including politics. But you know a lot of the Trump coalition are people that are now out of work, right? And they're and in in Pennsylvania they're the Fracking is closed up and oil is down the tank. I mean, it's getting it's almost getting worse and worse, isn't it? It is. But I I do not think so. The energy jobs. Right. Um, I think 
that the argument can be made that, you know, forever and a day, the left has been talking about getting rid of fracking and getting rid of fossil fuels. Well, I think that the country will actually have an ability to see what it looks like to not have those jobs and how that impacts not just the communities where this fracking is located, but also sort of that ripple effect. And it's um, it's not going to be good for these communities. And people are going to understand that these jobs and um, the uh, the price of electricity and, 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 and our energy sources um, are are going to change. Um, sort of, you know, we lose lose some and gain in price. So I, I think there's a good. Um, sort of exclam- exclamation to the argument to be made by the administration is to see this is what it looks like without energy jobs and you want to take right. them away this is what happens to these communities and a lot of these communities died before and they don't want to die again hmm. uh, we're talking with selena zito again selena zito.com selena what about our euro pal uh scranton's own joe biden who is at least by all accounts the uh, democrat uh, front runner now and the nominee everybody's cleared out but uh, you know how's that going well you know if you look at the national polls you would think that he is zooming toward gliding towards a comfortable victory but that's the same thing mm-hmm. that you thought about hillary clinton at this point um, uh, I think he has struggled with a message, and understandably so. What is the message right now? It's really hard right. to think about, and people aren't obsessed with politics in the way that perhaps my profession is. If you turn on the television, if you or if you go on Twitter, but you know, uh, and if, whether you like the president's um, daily briefings or not. Um, they have proven to be a lot more effective, I think, than um, than people than people in my profession view them. So I think it's really interesting. You said to me before this hit uh, that you thought that, uh, or a friend of yours said, you know, it'd be great if he did a fireside chat. Turns out yep. he did do a fireside chat, and he's done <laughs> it every day. And he's done it with yeah. his own signature. So your friend, please tell him he was brilliant because he is doing it every day. And if people expected him to be FDR or if they expected him to be Jimmy Carter with the little sweater on by the fire, they were never going to get that. Uh, but what they yeah. are getting is information, uh, mostly from the people that he has um, at these um, news conferences. And then we get, you know, him and his interesting style as well but you know the fireside (laughs) chat actually happened well i'm in deep trouble because that was my brother my younger brother who's going to now be like he's going to be doing victory laps saying he's a genius which is that's what we need he's a marine and he's a you know yeah well i mean that's he's been trying to tell me that for 20 45 years so anyway well okay well you're a genius selena zito selena zito.com you need to get on her her only her only failing she probably has more that i don't know them is that you go to her website selena zito.com and you sign up and she promises she'll send you an update when she writes and copy column or something but she writes a column like every other day and or every day yes. and she doesn't send you an email that much but w- this is not <laughs> the end of the world so i'm, I'm not going to hold it against you uh thank you selena we'll talk again soon stay well 
Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. All right. We'll talk again soon. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. We'll be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Globalism is deadly. If you don't believe me, just consider the rapid spread of the Wuhan coronavirus to the United States from an open-air meat market in China. The international elites should acknowledge how difficult it is to contain and eradicate a virus in a world of open borders, but they will never admit something like that. They're too busy getting the personal benefits of cheap immigrant labor. While the deadly Wuhan coronavirus was quickly infecting people at the speed of air travel, globalists were enjoying wine and caviar at their annual confab in Davos, Switzerland. Politico.com even featured an article headlined, Globalists Gone Wild to describe the energetic participation of Mitt Romney and George W. Bush in globalist celebrations. The globalists were clueless about how fast a fatal, highly contagious virus can sweep across a world of open borders, free trade, and unchecked migration. All of this started at an outdoor market in Wuhan, China. This wasn't like some American supermarket with American health standards. It was an open-air meat market trafficking meat from cats, bats, snakes, and other animals we don't eat here in the United States. With these unclean animals sold in unsanitary conditions, the deadly Wuhan coronavirus easily jumped to humans. Without the globalist principle of open borders, the virus might have been easily contained and eradicated by China with its immense resources. China admitted that many people died from this virus because of a lack of proper treatment. The tragic loss of life is undeniable, but we shouldn't forget about the economic losses caused by this outbreak, too. Investor Nigel Green observed that the coronavirus is the number one threat to financial markets currently, as global investors are becoming jittery on the uncertainty. Green and others are right to point out the risk. Clearly, the globalist mindset is a very real threat to the well-being of the American people. We just don't need unfettered immigration from other nations with poor health conditions and such infectious diseases. We need an America-first mindset to guide every aspect of our national government. American lives, after all, are at stake. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Man, man, that's some good guests. Selena Zito is probably the foremost journalist in the country right now with the sort of finger on the pulse of America, at least, and not just Trump America, but sort of heart of America. She hails, of course, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But if you, and I guess I talked to her off the air. I didn't, I should do, I should just talk to her on the air the whole time. I was talking to her off the air before we got on the radio show and uh, Selena Zito I'm talking about, and she had been 
Middletown, uh, Maryland, where she did this piece that we talked about today is four hours from Pittsburgh. But she was I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm exhausted. I said, why are you exhausted? She said, because I'm so busy with so many articles and so many things to do. And I, and I said, do you drive? You used to, she used to fly all over. And she said, oh, no, I drive everywhere. Uh, I actually used to drive, too. But she said, I'm driving everywhere and I don't stay in hotels. I either drive and come home or I sleep in the car. And I was like, really? I mean, Selena Zito is a big professional. And she said, yeah, I'm not going to go to hotels right now. I'm just going to sleep in the car. So she's all over the place. I mentioned she had a piece in the Wall Street Journal, which I didn't talk to her about because I don't want to waste the time I have on the air with her. But it's a very interesting Wall Street Journal piece about um, Jonas Salk, who was uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. He wasn't born in Pittsburgh, but he was at the University of Pittsburgh when he developed the um, vaccine uh, for polio. And there are a couple of scientists there that are in Pittsburgh, research scientists who are working on vaccines for the coronavirus. And so she had a piece in the Wall Street Journal on that. She had a piece in, uh, in the New York Post. She's got the Washington Examiner. And also she's on CNN somewhat frequently, not as much as you'd expect because she's pretty smart, but, uh, but she's really good. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. And don't forget, you can always uh, get the show as a podcast where all the podcast, every podcast you find, go look for the Pro America Report, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts you'll find the the, uh, the podcast of this show. So thank you for doing that. And then, of course, David Horowitz. I, I can't tell you, frontpagemag.com, his website, maybe it's the name, Front Page Mag. I don't know. It just doesn't quite work, but it's really good. And David Horowitz's writings are so powerful because he was um, in, the, uh, in the battle as a communist, he was a leftist. He was, in fact, he was one of the, the piece that I referred to you about that he, uh, it's called The Worst, the Better, ran just a couple of days ago. And he talks in there about how he was with Tom Hayden, the kind of left, the new left leader, crazy guy who was his friend at the time. So, you know, uh, Horowitz came across from the left and became a conservative. So he knows what for when you talk about naming um, uh, what's happening and what, who, who the Democrats are. And he's not afraid. He's not afraid. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's an older man. He doesn't need to be afraid of anything anyway, but he's in, I don't think he was ever afraid. So get that. You got to listen to that interview. And we got a lot more uh, coming this week. Sydney Powell tomorrow, uh, her book on a conviction machine, standing up to federal prosecutorial abuse. Phenomenal. She wrote it with Harvey Silvergate. We'll talk with Sydney Powell tomorrow. You want to tune in for that and a lot more. Okay. Kim Jong-un, I mentioned uh, on the wink today, we talk about that. Uh, Kim Jong-un, here's the thing. He hasn't been seen, and there are is talk that he is uh, brain dead. I think they were sin- I think um, NBC ran that story and they retracted it. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what we know. He hasn't been seen in a while, and I just tell you it means one of two things in my estimation. One is he's just trying to avoid coronavirus because it is all over uh, North Korea, too. They don't think it exempted them and somehow they were smart. And no, no, it's all. So he may just not want to be out and about with anyone because he's worried about it. I would think he would be the kind of guy taking a look at him that would have some uh, comorbidities, whether it's health issues related to weight or diet or whatever. Uh, but it would look like it. Uh, but that may be why he's hiding out. And if that's true, I think we'll know pretty quick. Some kind of state. In fact, we might have known by now if that was what the story was. So if it's not that, then he's gone because he wouldn't want this gap in the uh, in the um, in the coverage, you know, in his his leadership, in which case it's kind of a mess. 
There's no, I was reading the kind of people that know North Korea better than me, and we'll have, uh, we will have uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker on the show, I think. Uh, maybe, well, I don't know, if it's, maybe not tomorrow when we'll have Dr. Decker on, but um, we will ask him because he knows a lot about uh, uh, Korea and China and North Korea and China and their relationship. But if Kim Jong-un is gone, it's a huge problem for America because it's a mess. He, um, I mean, it's not going to be a threat to us, but there's no obvious air to that. There is a brother of Kim Jong-un, but I don't think he's sort of in the business. There's a sister, but what I read today is that they wouldn't put the sister in a position of power. It's not kind of culturally what would be done in North Korea. So it could be a real mess on top of everything else that's going on. Oh, and this on the oil prices, um, you know, it's amazing that oil's gone down to zero. And I do blame the Saudis and I blame the Saudis and the Russians right now for still fighting over oil. I think that nobody's saying that, but they are fighting over oil and driving the market crazy. But here's the thing. It can't be for long. And so I think President Trump said yesterday they're going to buy a bunch of uh, oil and put in the reserves and it's going to go. It'll start to go back up. But that's a disaster. Again, uh, if you look at the things that have happened, you're, you're kind of piling on problems on top of other problems. And so um, it's yet another example, by the way, or it's another indication why we have to head back to uh, opening America up. Not all at once, not in a rush, not stupidly, not with people at risk, not, not with the wrong people at risk. But we got to once we start to open back up and have more people out, they're going to need gasoline. They're going to need uh, uh, they're going to need other, you know, heating, heating and uh, uh, buildings. We've got to head that direction to get back to normal. That's another part of this. And, and I think that will resolve itself as soon as we do. That's my uh, hope. That's what I think will happen. And that's our best bet. So we'll, that's where we're heading. All right. Uh, we will be tomorrow again with Sidney Powell. I want to tell you that. And later on the week, Ted Malik, we will talk with him and we will get an update on how big tech uh, from Rachel Bovard, our friend, Big Tech is using the crisis to try to consolidate some of their power and some of their control. So all that will be happening. I want to encourage you again to go to edmartinlive.com and sign up to get my email blast every morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. And otherwise, uh, get the show as a podcast wherever you get podcasts. We appreciate it if you pass it on to your friends and others and get the word out there. Thank you, as always, to our great Noah for keeping us on time and producing the show and get everything done. And also for Joanna out in St. Louis for assisting. We will be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Thanks for listening.